Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 21 of the pre-production meeting. I am your co-host, Josh Urquhart. And I'm the other one. Austin Scott. Oh, you didn't do this this week. I know. You always like rub your <laughs> eyes to like you get ready for the. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, um, welcome back to another week of film news, film progress, and everything to do with film. Uh, we hope you guys have had an amazing week, and um, we As hope always. you enjoy this episode because it's a pretty special on this um this week. Um, we have a bit of a theme, but we'll get into that. Austin, how's your week been, my friend? Uh, good. To, uh, well. I had seven days of overnights, this morning being my last one. Seven days? I actually didn't realise it was so, that many. Yeah, started when Thursday morning last yeah. week and yeah, finished this morning. So um, my sleeping pattern's been cooked. I've been waking up, the day's been gone. Yeah. The last kind of week's been a waste, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. That's what happens with those overnights. But, you know, that's shift work. But um, th- like I've been doing little bits of work here and there to – do things but you know not as it's hard pro like progressive and productive as i'd like it to be it, but that's just because of yeah me the timing and because you're usually working at night that's when most people have finished work for the day so that's when may, mainly they would be free exactly and i'm but now because i'm trying to sleep to get um like make my energy sweet for the overnight shift but yeah yeah, man, that's the uh, that's the con for shift work, and then you know. Are you off them now? I'm off them now. I've got <coughs> three days off. I'm actually keen for tomorrow because it's Australia Day. It's a day yep. off, and bless. Enjoy. Bless Very good. Very good. Um. Well, I reckon we get cracking straight into this episode. But no, no, no. Um, first, first. Oh yes. How was your week? Oh yeah, no. My week was uh, my week was great. My week was great. Um, I can't remember. Oh, this week's been a bit. How you going with work? You know, I'm working like every second day and it's just like, you know, they're not overnight, so I won't complain yeah. as much. Um, but I still have had time to do a lot of stuff, um, which we'll get into in the progress. But it's been very, it's been a very exciting week. Oh, goody. I would goody say um, with everything. And I've managed to get myself to the cinemas a couple of times Good to man. see certain things. And the Oscar noms were released last night. So that was very exciting. So I just saw him, um, Dan's mate Bailey on Instagram put him up. So yeah. I just went through and saw all the noms. Exactly. So <coughs> there, are, there should pretty be good. some winners. So. There should be, yeah. And then we also, uh, on Sunday, I don't know if you're coming, but I have the Flickerfest red carpet premiere oh, thing. Oh, fuck, is that Sunday? That's this Sunday. Ooh. What did you think it was? Ooh, I can't come. <laughs> I can't come. So that should be good. That should be a nice little story for the podcast next week. Yeah, I'm um, keen to hear all about it. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's been a good week and man- I, d- I know I told you before the podcast, but last week being the first week back from our break, you know, I just, it reminded me how much I absolutely love doing this oh, yeah, and this podcast. Yep. You know, we don't have the biggest audience ever, but that doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're meeting each other once a week again, holding each other accountable. And it's just nice to digress about all the things that we've seen in the week because, you know, you know, my, my mates, they're, they're, they like films, but they don't love them. So yeah. it's good to talk about, you know, opinions on stuff I've seen during the week, especially, you know, um, Oscar buzzed films. Um, so it's good to share with somebody that shares the same passion. Of 100%. It. Um, but yeah, it's really good to be back. And um, now I reckon we get cracking into the wrap up of the week. Austin, I reckon you go first because, you, you know, you, you haven't had as much time as me to watch stuff this week. So... Yeah. Go ahead. 
Uh, look, I started, uh, well, obviously, the, the Last of Us episode two dropped this week. Yes. And um, I'm up to date. This is actually big for me. And I said to Lockie when it first came out that I'm actually going to do the week to week. Really yeah, you don't usually, yeah. hey. No, I hate it. I normally don't. But I feel like this show is just too... Too good. Too good, too big of a... Um, it's HBO's, I think, biggest show now. That's what biggest I mean. It's something show. that I feel like I have to watch. Week to week. Week to week. And it builds up the anticipation. Exactly. Yeah, right. the, um Whereas I'm normally a person that'll let the entire series play out. And then binge it all so I just have it all in one place rather than waiting. Yeah, if you were to binge this, bro, there's so long of episodes. It, like. And I think like, and this is going to sound dumb because it's the way they intend it, but like this week to week is how you should watch it. Yeah. If you know what I mean, because- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first episode is an hour 20. Yeah. The second one's just under an hour. 50, yeah. Like I get that you could normally do that like with most shows, but mm. I feel like this one being this big- and being labeled the show of 2023 already, I feel like you have to watch it week to week. I feel like, you know, there's show, the shows that they release in bulk, yeah. right? Those are to binge. These week to week ones, I think they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're yeah. building anticipation week to week. You know, there's a certain reason why they are releasing them week to week. And I think you're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, The Last of Us, massive fan of, and it's just good because- you I play the game? You haven't played the games. I've played mm. the games. I want to replay the games but I want to let the series play out first. And yep. just because like I'm not across everything. Like I can't remember things yep. that have happened in the games, but then yep. when I see them happening in the thing, I'm like, oh, that's right. It's that's from the game. So it's kind of has sentimental value, but I know Lockie's a massive fan of it as well. Really? And he hasn't mentioned. No, actually, I don't think Lockie's heard of it. I don't think he's heard of it. Man. Lockie, you should watch the show. It's called yeah, it's The called Last of Us. The Last of Us. Yeah. It's, it's based off some indie little uh, video game. Yeah. Um, you might like it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't you know. know. You should try it out. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've been, well, I say I've been watching that. I watched these last two episodes. They're really good. Really good. Massive fan. Mm. Um, Pedro Pascal cannot put a foot wrong. He's a daddy. He's He is a daddy. Yeah. He's a he's a man's man. He is. And, um, you know, he embodies Joel perfectly. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's all I'll say on that because I don't want to really. But Ellie. Oh, Ellie's great. Mm. See, it's taken me a little bit to come around to her. <laughs> And um, we had a conversation about this earlier uh, in the week. I don't know if I can say what I actually said, um, but I just for some oh. so I've never played I've never played the game right, so I didn't know she's supposed to be like this asshole oh, yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, there's something about her. I don't know whether it's oh, no, I don't know what I say. I, I don't know if it's like her acting or if it's just the character, you know, she is. But oh, no, I can't. <laughs> I just I really disliked her, and apparently that's what. You know, she's an asshole in the game. Yeah. So yeah, when she yeah, came yeah. on screen and she's acting like that, I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly- like, It Ellie. infuriated me well, the good. way she was acting. Good. And I'm like, what? Is, I don't know. I can't tell if this is just terrible acting or it's great acting. It's great acting. Yeah. And then yes. I've slowly gotten used to it. And, you know, I've had talks with like you and everybody about like, you know, that's how the character's supposed to be. And I'm like, okay. Yep. I appreciate it now. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Joel and Ellie, great. I can't wait to see like other characters come in and like the story be told because I'm ex I'm especially keen for, and I don't know if they're going to do like Last of Us, I don't know, season one as the first game and then Last of Us season two as the second game. I think they are. I think or if they're going to do Last of Us. 
I think one whole thing. I saw something uh, later this, uh, uh, sorry, like a couple of days ago, saying a season two green light is imminent. Okay, so good. Because I'm assuming they're gonna do because part two. The Last of Us two and Lockie can vouch for me on this. The yep. storytelling is a whole level much, above. Like, it's really? like, and I promise you now, like the way that the second game went. I remember I was growing more and more angry and I've spoken to yeah, all yeah, you guys. Yeah. I was growing more and more angry with the way that I was playing the game based off how the story's told. Yep. That I was like, oh, fuck. But then the way it pays off, I was like, that was beautiful. Like it was all beautiful storytelling, cinematic language through video game stuff like that. Yep. Like it was awesome. So I'm keen for this season to play out because that this story is great. Yeah. But the second season, if they yeah. do that that way, like, oh, I can't wait. A question for coming. you, like from what we've seen in episode one, two, what are the playable parts of that game? Cause like, like um, what would be that, that fight with the, the, what do you call, what do you call the monsters? Clickers. The clickers, that fight with the clickers, like spot on by the way. Spot is on. that like a playable part of the game? Yeah. And they're, they're really hard to kill. In the game as well. Right. So them struggling against them in the uh, show is game accurate. Yeah, right. It's fucking hard to kill. And um, the thing is as well with any post-apocalyptic film or movie or game or anything like that, you have to, you know, scrounge for supplies, like um, scavenge, all that kind of fun stuff. But um, they have depicted it so precisely and accurately yeah. that like everything that's depicted on screen is so good so that scene in the museum yeah i can't remember if it was in a museum or everything like that in the game but um that's a playable part you know taking on clickers um just exploring the setting like yeah, all right. that stuff is perfectly accurate yeah 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 and um what's another part i'm guessing the playable parts will come when the action starts a bit more because these yeah. first two episodes have been just like well, exposition that scene introducing and stuff where um, a certain character dies at mm. the start. Mm -hmm. um, that was like the gut punch. That wasn't a playable part, was it? Well, you played up until that part. Right. And then okay. that was a cut scene. Yeah. So um, I'm being vague for spoilers. For anyone who hasn't played the game and hasn't watched the series, but yeah. that part up to there was playable. And then you think to yourself, fuck, can I go back? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, I need to go back and change and that. And that's just, yeah, the part um, of it. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, like, I'm excited to see more and more playable stuff. But one of the things that, sh like... What word am I looking for here? That shit you? The what? Sh were you about to say what part that shits me? No, like oh, a part okay. that's shunned to oh, me, stood okay. out to yeah, me. Yeah, you're right. Shunned. Don't the, think that's um, the right word there. Shined. Shined. The shine doesn't sound yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Yeah, yeah. It stood out to me was the um when they're driving and everything's happening and then that oh, um, yes. um, crash happens. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that scale in the game. Right. I'm pretty sure it was just chaos and then two cars yeah. collide and okay. that's how that happens. But that was cool being inside the car. It reminded me about the game. Like I was that's like, cool. this is this is great. This Best is great. video game adaptation you reckon already? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so and I haven't even played the game. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Like Uncharted. I started playing oh, Uncharted I 4 after I watched the first Uncharted and the game is just so much better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, the, um, Yeah, the game is better than... <laughs> they really fucked up by hiring Tom Holland. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. They needed to do like, someone else. If they should have like just Nathan the Fillion. Played, yeah, yeah. Or the, yeah, the guy that played... Exactly. Yeah, but anyway, it is, what is. Is is um the last... Of, is, that, is that like a Sony PS5... Uh, sorry, Sony like PlayStation game? Yeah. Or yeah. It is? PlayStation exclusive. Okay. 
You have to get it. You have to play it. I don't know if I can now that I've seen because the TV show is so good and I don't doubt that the game's really good, but yeah. I know it's going to happen, you know, and yeah. especially if most of the game is all like storytelling and like, I don't know. Don't know if I can. Well, I reckon if, them if you want them. Oh, no, to be fair, but then I did that for Uncharted. I saw Uncharted and I'm like, this is shit. I want to see what it's like good. Yeah. But it's the other way because this is good. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, sorry. Continue. No, 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 the Last of right. Us. So yeah, The saying. Last of Us is really good. Um, and like I am keeping up to date with that. So, you know, I'll talk about it in further episodes as we both will. Yeah. But um, I started watching Kaleidoscope as Ooh, well. Oh, yes. And um, mixed reviews about that one. I'm not the biggest, like, I don't feel like I can jump on board really. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I get that the, like, the story. There's so many heist films out there. Yeah, exactly. It's a they heist. Haven't, they haven't seen our heist film. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> that, you know, there's, there's heist <laughs> films, TV series, all that. Like, I get it. I get this, and it's supposed to be thrilling and thrilling. Great. Good on you. And I understand that the massive thing of this is the storytelling that you can supposedly watch this in any order whatsoever yeah. and you still get the same story yeah. or you can take different parts of the story. I get that. I I get it. But it doesn't work. It Really? I How just, so? I just, I can't jump on board. Like I don't really know. Like I get what they're doing. They're building characters here, they're building characters there. And then like, you know, you're supposed to be wowed by the sheer genius of, What's his name? Giancarlo Despacito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despacito. Des, Wait, des, is that, de, that, that de, can't de, be his last name? Despacito or something. De, I don't know. Like Despacito. Yeah, kind of. G, no, Giancarlo Esposito. I thought there was a D. At Despacito. The start. Despacito. Um, oh, I thought it was that. like Giancarlo Despacito. De but is it just Esposito? It's just Esposito. Uh, okay. Um, it's my favourite song. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> Kaleidoscope starring Giancarlo Despacito. <laughs> They've missed it by that play, that song playing <laughs> off in the credits. But anyway, um, yeah, you're supposed to be wowed by the genius of him. And yes, I get it. Like he's smart protagonist. And I love smart protagonists in film and everything like that. But like, you know, I just, I can't jump on board. And mm, like, okay. you know, it might change it's the further shit, I watch like, it. But it's... it's been rating pretty shit as yeah, well. Yeah, but like, you know, it might change further I watch it. Jai Courtney, I just, I can't stand him in this. Really? Um, He's usually good. Well, I saw him wearing a pair of TNs as well. I was like. <laughs> okay, yep. No, I'm not watching <laughs> Why now. are you wearing TNs? No. I ain't watching that now. Um, I'm sorry. But yeah, and just, I, I don't know. I can't jump on board with it. And I'm waiting for something to happen. And it's. You know, yeah. I'm going to finish it. Well, I'll have to finish it. So, like, I, I can't make a call after not watching the entire yeah. thing. So, yeah, no, sure. um, I'll finish it and maybe my thoughts will change in okay. future episodes. But that, that's all I've watched because of yeah. my overnight stretch. But that's all right. That's all I'm on. What yeah, about yourself? It's a good effort. Well, like you said, you get you um you know struggled finishing you know a TV show. I also struggled finishing a certain TV show. Uh, one Emily in Paris. Um, <laughs> I watched the first season and then I watched a bit of the second season and I just. I'm just, it's so bad. Like <sighs> towards the, the end of the first season, it was like, okay, there's like a tiny bit of drama, but just overall, it's just a terrible show. And I'm sorry for all the stands out there, but like, I don't know if I can watch it. Like I love Lily Collins, dude, but I don't know if I can watch nah, it. Oh man, it's like, it's bad. Oh. And the first episode, bad. Like first episode of first season? The first episode, I didn't, I'm like, what am I watching? What is this hype about? 
And just, I don't know, it just has this crazy fan base for some reason. I don't understand it. There is one character I absolutely despise. Um, Mindy, who's the best friend of uh, Emily. You probably won't get this, but she annoys the fuck out of me, man. Like, I can't deal with She was a massive reason why I stopped watching this show. Because she just, like, she's... Okay, so her thing is that she, like, sings, right? But the way that her character is to the way that her character is when she sings, they're like two different people. Like she'll just like break out into song and then like, it's just totally different from the character she's playing. And she's just like so fucking annoying. Mm. Um, so I don't, nothing against the actress. Like I'm sure, you know, she did with, she did well with what she was given, yep. but the character itself, I just can't stand. I'm like, oh, I really hope they kill her off. <laughs> And I'm like, it's Emily in Paris. Now, I don't know what can happen. Maybe the Eiffel Tower falls down. She falls off the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> but I'm like, bro, just kill her off. And then she just got gets increasingly more annoying and more annoying and more annoying over like the fucking couple seasons. And then I was like, because I watched it with my mate <clears throat> and he was like, he likes it, right? Um, and um, I was like, look, man, I don't know if I can get through this. Do you want to start something else? And he's like, uh, yeah. And he's, he's But you were watching this with someone. Yeah, my mate. I thought this was a guilty pleasure. Oh, nah, 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 nah. Oh, okay. I ain't choosing that by myself, cuz. No, no, no. Well, cuz, like, we, um, we watch, so we always have to have, like, a show. He's over all the time, basically. So, like, we want a show that we can, like, continuously watch. And before Emily in Paris, what was it? God, I don't even know. We're watching all the Marvel shows. Uh, oh, we watched The Watcher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was all right. Um, actually, no, the ending wasn't. Oh, um, that didn't. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. But, um, and then we're like, yeah, fuck it, Emily in Paris, because mum and dad were watching and they love it. And, um, dad's like, this is my favorite show. I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? Andrew and then mum slowly watch. took the gun away from his oh. head. He's <laughs> 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 like, help me. I don't want to watch anymore, Emily in Paris. <laughs> Just to touch on The Watcher real quick. Yeah. I saw a TikTok about someone saying that this, this series ends if they just set a camera up on the mailbox. Oh my gosh, yes. But uh, yeah, bro, don't even, I don't even want to get started on that shit house of an ending. Cause yeah. it was so good. It was like, oh, it's leading up, it's leading up, it's leading up. It's it's nothing. It actually is nothing. It's actually nothing. It, there you go, spoiler, sorry. Yep. But like, don't watch it cause there's no conclusion. <laughs> so fucking, it's just a waste of time. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so I was like, okay, let, whatever. Yeah, let's fuck off Emily in Paris. Anyways, then we started The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Kuoko. Oh, yes. And I can't even begin to explain that. <laughs> that first episode, the one episode I've seen of The Flight Attendant, is a quadrillion times better than every piece of episode I've seen in Emily in Paris. <laughs> uh, you know what Emily in Paris reminds me of? What does it remind It's me? like She-Hulk without oh, the Marvel. Say less. Say less. Without no. the Marvel and it's no. in Paris and it's just shit. Shit, mate, like no. it literally has the same vibe as She Hulk. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I want to. I want you to watch it just no, for no. an experiment. No, 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 no. The first twenty-minute episode, please. Can you watch it? Of what? Emily in Paris. The first episode, and come back to me and tell me what you think, please. Can you do that before next week? No, promises. it's twenty minutes. I can't, twenty I don't minutes. Know if I can do it, bro. Trust. I just. I would love to see your fucking reaction. And bro, they just their 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 coverage, right? What they do for the whole show is basically like two shots. Two shot, two shot, two shot. All right, like, I'll do it for no, the podcast. There's but no I'm not creativity. Going past first episode. I'm not. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> and like you'll think that Lily Collins would be the saving grace of the show, but like it's just terribly written, and it's like she can't do anything. Like oh, anyway, no. so yeah, started the flight attendant, but then I saw two critically acclaimed films, which 
<laughs> so far beyond Emily in Paris. It's fucking <laughs> insane. I saw the Banshees of Inner Sharon. That's Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, um, Barry Keoghan, who got, f- I was so happy he got a fucking supporting actor Oscar nom for this because he fucking deserves it. Okay. Now I know the guy from Everything Everywhere All I Once Is. I'm not going to butcher his name. He's probably going to win Best Supporting Actress. Ki Kai Kwan. The um, husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ki Hai Kwan. Well, apparently that yeah, was his- Yeah, Ki Hai Kwan. I got it right. Apparently that was his return. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Since Indiana Jones yeah. or Spielberg. And that's why he's like posing the Spielberg and all this. Yeah. Anyways, Banshees of Inisherin. Sorry. It was very good. It was very good. Um, It was a five out of five movie for me all the way through until the ending. Oh, no. Um, because the ending's a bit um redundant. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it doesn't really like- I'm like, okay. Like what's- the point of the rest of the movie then kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, but up until then, it was great. It will probably win best uh, original screenplay. Um, it's very well written. So another one of these like simply crafted films, but just done beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're- Good on you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but um, no, it was a cracker film. I really do. I was literally going to go away from that going, you guys need to watch this. But then that ending was like, uh, maybe you'll still like it. It's, um, I don't know, all these Oscar buzzed movies have the same kind of like tone. It's just like flat almost. Like there's nothing yeah. like overly exciting, but it's a good story. Gotcha. If that, like if that makes sense. Like it's no Marvel film. It's no nothing. Um. It's just a good story. But yeah, recommend The Banshees of Insurance. I think I gave that 4.5 out of 5. Um, and then I also watched The Whale in advanced ah, yes. screenings um, with uh, Brendan Fraser, who gives the performance of his life. Um, I gave that movie a 3 because the movie itself was very, literally, this is the best way to describe it. Blah. It was just, ah. Okay. So it was just, it was, it was flat, like, he did amazing. Sadie sings in it as well. Uh, okay. Um, she did well. Um, basically plays Max from Stranger Things. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you know you got it's, there's like four people in the whole movie, and oh sorry, I forgot to mention with Banshees of Inner Sharon. I think I mentioned Barry Keoghan, star of the movie. Yeah. Anyways, going back to the whale, Brendan Gleeson. Oh sorry, Brendan Fraser is very good. Um, I I don't. I guess you can say yeah, like he deserves the nomination. He does. I don't know if he should win, though. I think Austin Butler should win the Oscar um, for Elvis over so Brendan. Elvis. Yeah. Is very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll watch it, to be honest. It's very good, man. It's I might Baz Luhrmann. I might Filmed in it. Australia. Come on, I think you've got to get around <laughs> to it. But, um, yeah, and then The Whale. Yeah, yeah. It was just a mad, depressing story, to be fair. And, yeah. like, there wasn't really, like... There was, like, a couple lighthearted jokes. But, you know, it's just a... But like it, I can't even explain it more than that, man. Okay. It's just blah. His performance well, was alright. I'll watch it. Yeah, you what? You're gonna watch the whale over Elvis? Are you kidding me? Sorry, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna watch one, watch Elvis. All right, but I didn't even I'll know. I, I, I didn't even know much about Elvis, and I fucking love that movie so much. Man. Okay, that was great. That that got five out of five for me. But yeah, the whale three out of five. Um, understandable why it's not. Oh, maybe it did get no. I don't think it got nominated for best picture, but I, yeah, I yeah. definitely shouldn't. Um, but yeah, so that was that. Um, there was one movie that I want to touch on that's going to lead us into the dependent variable. Um, that I wanted to go over, and you know, I watched this towards the end of last year, and I got you to watch it as well. Um, and I think that I, uh, once I watched it, I'm like, well, I definitely want to 
mentioned this on the podcast and I feel like it can lead into a bigger discussion. Yes. Um, so I actually got recommended it um, by my friend Lydia and her boyfriend, uh, Tim. And um, the movie that I'm talking about is Stutz. Uh, Stutz is Jonah Hill's m- movie documentary. Um, and it, what he does is he interviews his therapist, Right, so this is what the synopsis says, right? In candid conversations with actor Jonah Hill, leading psychiatrist Phil Stutz explores his early life experiences and unique visual model of therapy. Now, this one uh, touches yes. close to home, right? Because, you know, I still see therapists here and there and I think it's fantastic and I always recommend therapy to an- anybody, right? Even if you're not going through anything, it's a great outlet, right? And um, this movie was fascinating for many reasons. But before I tell my side of things and lead us into a bigger discussion, I want to know your thoughts about it. Yeah, right. So, yeah, with Stutz, um, I don't really know the world of therapy and, um, you know, I say mental health to a degree. Like, you know, everyone knows about that space and everything like that. And, like, I, I don't really feel like I have much knowledge when it comes to this kind of stuff because I've never gone yeah. to a therapy session or anything like that. So it was interesting to see. Uh, interesting is not the right word. It was like, <coughs> let's just leave it at that for the moment. But like, you know, you know, it was a window into this uh, world of therapy and seeing mm. like how you can be so open with um, somebody. Yeah. And, you know, I understand patient confidentiality or if that's the right word, I don't even know if that's the yeah, right Yeah, no, word. no, no. But like true. patient yeah, confidentiality right. and stuff like that. Like you have this full trust in somebody. Yeah. And, you know, and like I might be wrong for saying this, but like when you are talking to the therapist, like you're trusting this person with everything you're telling them mm-hmm. and then you have to trust that when you leave it doesn't get shared, which 100%. I, I 100% like professionally. And then he made a docker about it. And then they made a docker. <laughs> and then seeing their relationship yeah. i was like this is a relationship built on trust yeah mutual respect there's no i'm a hollywood star you're just a therapist no, it was like we are both human like this is um like i want you to help me help other people and yeah. like i just thought it was beautiful in that aspect like yeah. i just thought that yeah it was just a beautiful relationship yeah and the way that they spoke to each other as it's well that, you know you know they they know when <coughs> to muck around and joke around and then when like things yeah. are serious they respect each other as human beings yeah. to actually you know talk to each other on that level so i really liked it in that aspect yeah 100 percent. what about the um the techniques and stuff you, you don't have to remember any of that but was that kind of interesting to open your eyes to the world of like yeah. kind of like dealing with certain things like what jonah hill has yeah gone through? definitely like yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say I remember the techniques and Neither that kind do I. of thing. But, <laughs> you know, it was just interesting the way that, like, you know, as him being a therapist, like, breaking down human psychology and coming up with little tools to help, you know, with your day-to-day stuff. Exactly. You go through. Like, it was, you know, just intriguing to see and, like, you could incorporate – like, I, when I was watching, I was like, I'll try and incorporate this into my yeah. kind of day-to-day life. But then, I'll, like, I'll be honest, I've forgotten about it. But, um, you know, I think, you know, in that space for Jonah Hill to come out and say, I want you to show people these tools, like, it, yeah. you know, Cause it must be great. Like, you know, like, therapy is expensive. Yeah. Everybody knows that. And I think he's done amazing. I think, well, first off, how much do you reckon on Rotten Tomatoes it's got? 
85. 100. Oh, I was going to say 100, <laughs> but I didn't think it was going to be 100. And then 7.9 IMDb. But what I think is beautiful about this movie, and I really do recommend everybody to watch it, you know, therapy's so expensive, right? And yeah. even if you're getting little insights on, you know, techniques and stuff that you can use, and it does open a lot of eyes to the world of therapy. And that's what I appreciate most about it. And you can go into this and learn certain things that would otherwise cost you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy is amazing. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a, a psychiatrist for a lot of celebrities, not only yeah. Jonah Hill, but he obviously has this connection with Jonah Hill. Um, but I also think it's really good of him to kind of be put on the stand and um, kind of interviewed about his life because you know the therapists always are giving their advice but sometimes you know sometimes the therapists need a bit of oh. advice and stuff and this whole movie is one big therapy session that's what it is yeah and it definitely opens the eyes to how you know you know your favorite celebrities i mean everybody should know this by now but you know they're all not massively overly happy yeah in the position that they're in and you know jonah hill is very vulnerable in this yeah um and so is phil to be fair um but shows you into the inner workings of the life of a massive one of the world's biggest actors and how he's you know dealing with the stuff that he's going he's dealing with and putting himself in a position where people can be like you know what if Jonah Hill's getting therapy then you know it's not so much of a taboo topic and maybe mm -hmm. I'll get therapy or something like Definitely. that because it seems to be helping him and you know we've seen Jonah Hill he used to be he used to be like he had a bit of weight on him and yeah. now he's slimmed up massively and you know he still goes through his stuff but I don't doubt that a lot of you know uh, things that have played into that aspect have to do with you know going to therapy or even just seeking out help in the first place yeah um but yeah that's that's what I thought about the documentary and you should definitely watch it it's like black and white yep. it's um one big therapy session goes for an hour 30 it's a massive insight into the world of mental health and also celebrities and their take on mental health and Phil Stutz, who's an amazing, amazing man. And, you know, he opens up and it's almost like a therapy session for him as well. hundred percent. Like the tables reverse. But I thought it would be interesting to talk, you know, firstly about Stutz and that lead us into um, a bigger conversation, right? Um, and I, th I got this idea straight away when, um, you know, I was watching Stutz. But I think for the dependent variable, so the dependent variable <laughs> is the topic in the podcast, which changes every week. Because just like in a science experiment, the dependent variable is the one that changes. And that's what happens with us as well yes, every week. So this dependent variable this week, I would like to actually delve deeper into mental health, you know, um, as a whole. Um, and kind of how it's affected, you know, me, you, the places that we're in, because also recently I've had so many people, I've had conversations with many, many people, you know, that are always constantly, you know, questioning their position in the industry and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, people that have come to me stressing out because they're not at where they want to be, you know, at this stage of their life. And look, by no means have we made it yet, no. but. I think it's good to get this perspective. You know, it would be interesting to get our perspective of, you know, where we were in that massive dump and maybe delve a bit more deep into that to where we are now, yeah. you know, the stuff that we went through and um, how we got out of it and, you know, things that have challenged us to, you know, get us to the place that we are now in relation to the film industry. 100%. You know, because sometimes, or well, not sometimes, most of the time it's not talked about. It's a massively taboo topic, you know, mm -hmm. mental health. And, you know, some people still don't believe in it, which is ridiculous. Um, but I think 
I don't know. I think it would be good to talk about. And even if you haven't gone through yourself, I'm sure there's been somebody in your family or even friends. You've seen me deal with my stuff yep. as well. So I think it would be good to get two perspectives. You know, me who've gone through, you know, a couple of things and you who's maybe hasn't or maybe has seen people. So I yeah. think that would kind of be interesting. What do you think? No, yeah, definitely. And like there is something I'll open up. <coughs> Jesus. There's something I'll open up about like before we went through that dump, like yep. there was a period of time where like, Mentally, I was not doing okay. Yep. It was mainly due to like lockdown and just like yeah, that's, a, that's the, a big one. the shell of myself that I became, and it took yeah. me a while to realize this. Um, and yeah, it played on me massively. And then like there were a couple of things that I just thought needed needed to change. Yeah. There were things that like I didn't feel like I should open up about. Like I was like, I'll just deal with it myself. Mm -hmm. And then it got to a point where I just couldn't. And it was probably one of the, I say this, you know, it, it this breakdown that I had mm. was probably the best thing that's happened to me in a while because it made me realize that this isn't where I want to be. It's fixable to a degree. And like in my case, I thought to myself, the only person that's going to help you out of this is you is yourself so a lot of the things that i've been doing recently have been based off that breakdown i had a couple of years ago i i i think i remember that yeah it was so i'll get into it um yeah. so lockdown happens mm -hmm. um i you know my work and yourself we can't do it from home so we're the only places we're going from home to like the outside world is to work. So it's literally just drive to work, drive home. That kind of stuff was like the only two things that I could do. And then I tried to um, get into fitness. I tried surfing more. I tried like creating content and stuff like that. But then things weren't panning out the way I wanted them to. And then, you know, when things don't pan out the way you want them to, well, at least in my case, I just fucked them off. Like I was like, I don't want to do mm. this because it's not working. And then, yeah, there was just a lot of just, I was running the numbers just day by day, just running the numbers. And then it actually took me, I went for a run once at home and I went up to this headland and um, I remember just looking around and I just took everything in and I just said to myself, like, you know, I'm not happy where I'm at at the moment with life. Like I'm kind of not really doing anything. I have all these big dreams and goals and stuff like that, but they're too good for me. Mm. These are things that I'm never going to be able to achieve. These are things that I'm just going to have to sit on the sidelines for and, um, you know, except other people are going to make it and I'm not. And then I got my phone out and I remember I pressed record and I just recorded and I just, I poured everything out. Like I, everything that was in my mind, I just remember saying like, you know, the life I'm living at the moment is not the life I want to be living. Um, I, I know that I can do better and I know I want better and like my mind is constantly racing and I just need to, I need to entertain that. Like I need to get out there and do stuff. And I can't remember word for word what I said, but like that video went for like four and a half minutes. And then I remember that that video that I'm pretty sure it's still in my phone, but I remember thinking to myself, this video is a reminder mm. that I don't want to be back here. Mm. When I'm feeling low again, watch that video because anything you give a go at and you fail, watch that video 
and you will, you will remind yourself like you don't want to go back to that place. Yep. And so, you know, sort of start putting things in motion and like multiple attempts to get stain off the ground and you can't really do that in lockdown because it was lockdown. So, mm-hmm. you know, multiple things to get stain off and running and then like, you know, there was a point in time where I actually just went like, fuck, this is never going to happen. Like it's actually like, I don't know if I can do this. Like it's too far beyond my reach that I don't feel like I can do it. And I remember I leaned on my support network. So my girlfriend, my family, her family as well, my best mate. And, you know, they're all supportive of me and everything like that. And I just thought, you know, I've got this good network. Just keep at it. Just keep trying. And then that's when, you know, (coughs) we moved out of home. Things started happening in that aspect. So I was like, okay, things are like happening. And then, then it took that time when I called you Mm. and then, you know, ever since then, just being busy, being busy and getting out of that rut was something that I like, it was life changing and it all comes back to that breakdown. Like Mm. I remember, and I just, I still remember when I realized that something was not right within myself. I remember I was sitting, sitting at home Beth was in the next room and I just, I saw this photo of me and two other guys, my best mate and his, and his mate at his new year's Eve party. Mm -hmm. And he put it on his story and he said, I've always got your guys backs. And I don't know why, but that just hit me. And I remember thinking to myself, I need to tell someone how I'm feeling. Mm. And then I went next door to our bedroom and I said to Beth, I said, Beth, I think there's something wrong with me. And she's like, what do you mean? And I just cried. Mm. I just, I didn't even feel like crying. I didn't feel like I had that much built up, but I just cried. And then she shut the door. She gave me a hug and I could not stop crying. I then realized to myself, like, you know, the shell of myself that I've become is not where I want to be. And then everything that I'm doing up until this point was because of that. And so I thank that breakdown and like that version of myself, like, you know, one thing I do remember from Stutz is I'm not denying that existence exactly. of myself. There you like, go. Yeah. He had to make himself known so then I could, you know, change our lifestyle and, you know, go for that. So the thing is with mental health and my understanding of it is I've never gone through anything that has, you know, warranted me to want to seek out a therapist because I just didn't think that like I had, you know. Problems big enough? Yeah. to, yeah. But I didn't even think that exploring therapy was an option for me because I really didn't understand mental health and I just thought like, oh, it'll pass. Like it'll be fine. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then, you know, I still have things here and there every day. Oh, not every day, but like every so often that yeah. like, you know, you kind of put yourself in a negative rut and then you, you know, you doubt yourself or that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't want to make comments on something that I don't really understand, but like, yeah, I maybe down the line, like, I don't know, but there's things that I still struggle with here and there, but you don't need to go to therapy. Like not everybody needs to go to therapy to, you know, what they're going through. Yeah. Um, fuck, I had something in my head that I was going <laughs> to say, sorry, continue. No, 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 that's yeah. fine. But, um, yeah, it took to, um, <laughs> thanks. Siri. Um, yeah, you know, it took like a bunch of going through stuff to realize that, you know, things need to change. And then, mm. you know. I remember what I was going to say. Please. Sorry to interrupt you. No, but no, no, no. When you were talking about, um, you don't know if you're 
you don't know if your problems were big enough or whatever to get a therapist or whatever. Um, and you said you didn't want to talk on something you don't know, but that's a thing. So with mental health and problems like that, right, a thing, a massive thing in this kind of like world is people comparing their problems to other people. And, you know, mm. people have been through worse than me. Every Bob, everybody's problems are big to them and yeah, that's yeah. what matters the most. So when you're talking about what you are now, doesn't matter if someone's been through more or whatever it's that it was big to you in that moment so when you're speaking speak on how it was big for you don't worry about comparing it to other people so you know you say you don't know how to you you don't want to talk on something you don't know we do know because you have been through stuff and that's exactly what you're doing now so i feel like you know you know growing up like i never just i i I didn't think problems existed Mm -hmm. like mentally i didn't think problems existed and you know you know, it was a close network, my family, like we just, you know, you go through everything families go through, like, you know, your sibling rivalry, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You talk back to your mom, your dad, like, you know, <laughs> you do that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it just happens. Like that's the thing. But I just didn't think that they're like I was never exposed to the mental side of things and stuff. And I was still blind to it in high school as well. Like I just didn't think that these things happened. Like I was just I knew nothing of it. So then like, you know, when I start to go through stuff and um I'll, I'll fully admit right now like at jmc i remember like i was closed off i was quiet all the time like because like i think that was the beginning of my um struggle essentially was yeah. um you know i'd mask it happy happy face all the time like i was fine but i didn't realize that something was growing inside of me that i didn't know would eventually pan out to affect me but um yeah i i I've never really known how to deal with that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I just thought I I always, I always bottle things up. I always put it aside and go, I'll deal with it later. Like I don't need to deal with it now. Like, but the thing is I've realized now that whatever pops up for anybody, Mm. you have to face it. Like you Mm. have to face it to move on. It's always going to be there. Um, I heard a quote from my mate the other day who does a podcast, um, on his channel, it's called The Better Project. And he said like, you know, trauma will always be with us, but I'm not going to quote him word for word, but mm-hmm. I'll ask him about it. But he said like, trauma will always be with us. It's like a scar. Mm-hmm. You know, scars will always stick around, but they always have a story. You know, instead of trying to just forget about it, they're always going to hang around. So like, yeah, that's what I look at now and think like, like you just said, everybody's problems are big in their own right. Exactly. No one has any right to say my problems are bigger than yours because, you know, everybody deals with stuff in their own way and everybody has stuff that they deal with. So, yeah. There you go. I have two things that I want to touch on out of that, right? You kind of, I had all these things, but you basically went through all (laughs) of them without even knowing. First, in terms of, um, you know, in that rut you in or even before, you know, getting to where you are now, because this is this is a whole conversation on to you know where we were, where sorry, where we are now in this industry moving forward. Mm. You know, when you're in that rut of like you don't know if you're good enough for this industry, you don't know if you're gonna you know, make it. Like these are just dreams. You know, other than that, referring back to that video that you took, how did you get yourself out of that rut? Or you know, also whenever you had those kind of uh, doubts in yourself. How did you push through them? Because I know so many people that, you know, they doubt their position in this industry. They doubt, Mm. sometimes they doubt their position in this world. I know it's a bit, you know, different to what we're talking about, but for you, what worked 
to push you to where you are now to keep going kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, what got me out? Like, what did I do? I don't really know, but I think mainly it just, there was a realization. There was that moment. And I know I've said it like three times now, but it's just like the only person that's going to change it is you. Yeah. You can think about it. You can dream about it. Yeah. And dreams and thoughts are good to have. Like because it gives you hope towards what you want to achieve and like that's something you should hang on to with dear life because mm. that gets people through most things um, in most cases. But um, like I just had that moment where I was like the only person's going to change it is you and then I just went pick up the phone, call Josh mm. and see what happens because you don't know what's going to happen unless you try it. Mm. Like there's this big scary world out there. There's big scary obstacles. There's big scary people. There's, you know, but the worst thing that you can't, that, sorry, the worst thing you can do is not try yep. to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And like in my case, um, there was that. And then, you know, it's from that stemmed staying, from that stemmed the podcast, from that stemmed how busy I am recently, how busy you are recently, yeah. like, just the hope has been reinstated. And then from that, I've actually prioritized my fitness as well. Like yeah. there was a period of time where I didn't realize, but I was putting weight on and, um, you know, seeing myself in photos, I was like, fuck, that needs to change. But like, I just didn't do anything about it. And then, you know, the same attitude I had towards like, just pick up the phone and call. I was like, just sign up to a gym and then work out. And then, um, you know, I'm feeling like I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. Um, mentally, I'm doing better because I'm busy with, um, I say work, but not my not my job, my work of, on staying mm, and other mm. things that I want to get done. Like yeah. I'm busy now and that's a testament because I just thought to myself, this needs to change and the only way it's going to change is if I do something about it. And that's the support network that I have is like I reached out to Josh and then we just started – working and mm. then you know like i've noticed within myself i'm a lot happier i'm a lot Good. more productive um i just need to be doing something all the time because like i said my mind races and i just need to entertain that like i yeah. need to do what my mind is telling me to do yeah and that's kind of how i got out of it was just saying you don't know unless you try and Good man. yeah i feel like that's been massive another thing i want to touch on you don't have to talk about this i can cut this out if you want yeah no worries um when you were working on stain and there were moments which you doubted yourself and you were having your little, um, you know, moments of doubt and there were times where you were freaking out, right? Mm -hmm. If you, am I allowed to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, 100%. So I can't remember what exactly it was about, but there were a couple of times where you're like, nah, fuck this. Like, uh, for example, the crowdfunding video yep. or something like that. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah, definitely. Kind of because that kind of explains the stresses of the industry and doubting yourself as well and kind of how you move past that. Yeah, so there was that crowdfunding obstacle and I remember the day of it. Literally, I, say, I said this to Josh when it happened. I literally felt like I was on a – well, it was a deadline and it was good that we had the deadline, but I felt like it was an assignment at yep. uni that I had not done. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck, this is going to – like the thing is is that you want the budget you want people to donate and you want people to help out. But I just thought to myself, they're not going to. Like I don't have something strong enough for people to hop on board with here. And I did not understand that like people just want want to see you do well. And yep. 
the doubt that crept into my mind was like, nah, don't film the video because, you know, people aren't going to jump on board. There's no point. Just put it out the way it is mm -hmm. built and then like go from there. And then, yeah, I had a little panic attack. Like I was just like, no, I can't do it. I remember saying to Beth, like, fuck it, I'm not doing it. And then it took your voice message to kick my ass into gear. And then I think I stayed up till like, what, three or four in the morning doing the video and getting that thing ready. And the, yeah, the perseverance in that was massive because the support that I didn't know that I had was something that I needed to see, arguably, was just like, yeah, I do have a good network of people in my corner like i do have that support that i didn't think i did i just thought it's not gonna happen mm. it's not, this is too too big a dream like it's not mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen and then yeah just doing it helped massively and it made me think like you know obstacles are going to come at you in this industry and obstacles are going to come at you in real life and then you know it's just about facing them and like you'll surprise yourself mm that whole betting on yourself thing. betting on yourself and yeah. that's like i was gonna say my next question was you know what is your advice for kind of people that are kind of in our same position putting a lot of pressure on some themselves to get into the industry maybe they're not where they want to be like i was gonna ask you like what your piece of advice is but i'm guessing it would be betting yourself 100 percent. i'd said it since like we started this podcast just betting on yourself and the results will shock you because I know it, it's it's just human nature. I know so many people that I just wish that they would, they have the potential and I want to see them do well. Just give it a go. Just give, exactly, because... What's the worst that happens? What, you fail? Exactly. I put it this way. When you were a baby, you didn't know how to walk. What did you do? You walked, man. You stood up. I mean, I skipped walking. the walking stage. I went straight to sprint and there mate. you go. Explains so why I'm an Olympic sprinter <laughs> right now. When you're a baby, you didn't know how to talk, but look at you now. Yeah. You just you do it. And the thing is, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the thing is, all these things are scary. All your dreams and aspirations are scary. Filmmaking, singing, rapping, surfing, mm. sports, just starting a family, buying houses. Literally anything in life, you just start because you get better at it the yeah. more you do it. You figure out ways to work around obstacles. You figure out ways to get better at things that you may already be good at. You figure out ways to sort of cheat the system or something like that. Like it's just just starting. Yeah, that's And I know it's easier said than done because mm. we've both been through it. 100%. A lot of people have been through it. And you just need to grab it by the scruff of the neck and just go for it because it's the only way you're going to learn and it's the only way that you're going to, yes, surprise yourself from betting on yourself. And I, I know a lot of people say this when it comes to like doing what they do. They say, believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. I look back at myself now when I recorded that video mm -hmm. and I remember thinking to myself, there is no way that I can do this. Yep. Coming to this current point in time and I've directed a short film. Mm -hmm. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I go. promise you. Like mm -hmm. I, but I have no right to speak on anybody else. I don't, I'm not doing that. I promise, but yeah. it's just, please, 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 please bet on yourself. It is the best advice that I can give you. And it's the best advice that I've listened to when I, I didn't come up with it. I'm not saying I came up with it, but just when I said, I'm just going to try. Mm. Just gonna bet on myself and try. Yeah. All this stuff that has stemmed from that, us jumping on four films this year, mm. 
it's beyond my wildest it's, dreams. Yeah. Like, and just exciting to see where things can go. And so, like I said, please, 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 bet please, 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 bet on yourself. And we understand that everybody has different kind 100%. of um, different situations, different situations, yeah. different points in life. But you know, there's um, there's different variations of betting on yourself and you know yeah. you may not be able to do it one way but you can do it another way exactly and um yeah man that was very very good uh, yes, very eye-opening my yeah, friend definitely Thank you for like that. i want to be talking all about myself do you have anything you wanted to i do actually please i please. do because mental health has been a big topic for me like throughout my whole life you know yeah um family like me myself um so I think it's just, okay, there's, I'm going to talk about this in two ways, right? So I'm going to talk about it in the terms of the film industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about it in terms of, you know, personally, right? So I've been, you know, I've suffered with a bit of, not a bit of, I've suffered with anxiety um, since I was about, I would say my whole life, but not prominent till about I was um, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... It took me a while to figure out what it was. Um, and yep. then, you know, I eventually had that moment of realisation again. I'm like, oh, damn, something, something's wrong. And, you know, I, I'm lucky and fortunate enough that I was able to see a therapist. I've seen a couple of therapists now and, you know, they, you don't always get it right the first time. Um, and I'm lucky as well. Now I can say that I've, you know, found a good one and stuff. And, you know, where I am now, like I, at the point I am now, I'm not going to my therapist because there's problems I'm going to it because I, I love it. It's an outlet. Yeah, right. And that's why I recommend it to anybody, even if you're not going through anything. Um, if you have, you know, of course, the situation allows you to. Yeah. Um, but so it has bits and pieces affected my way in this industry. Um, and I'll give you a couple examples, right? Please. So my anxiety, oh God, okay, we got to get into this. My anxiety is, it's, um, it's a different one. It, it's situational anxiety, right? From different situations that trigger the anxiety and stuff like that. Um, and a way that it's affected, um, I don't know if I can talk about this. Um, you, you no, 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 no. As in like, to. I don't know if I can like, uh, okay. A lot of it comes to do with relationship anxiety, just depending on, you know, um, like who I'm with and stuff like that. Um, And uh, so back in the day when I first was going through it, you know, I was in a relationship and, you know, it wasn't the best um, and caused all this anxiety in a way that it affected it is, for example, I was with this person and I was filming Two's a Lesson, right? And it was great. Like, yeah, Film has always been that outlet for me that, mm-hmm. especially now, and I'll get into that, that no matter what I'm going through, film fixes it. Yep. And it was like that in my relationship when I was first discovering my anxiety. Um, and I was distracted in points where I was like writing the film and it was fantastic. And then, you know, things that took my mind off it and stuff like that as I was still discovering it. And when it came time for, you know, set day, for example, like the night before, um, you know, I was over at uh, <laughs> XYZ's house and you know, there was massive like anxiety and stuff like that to do with her. And then I had to switch on and become a director the next day for the very first mm. time. And it was like one of the most anxiety riding moments of my life the night before 
as well as the day after yeah. and having to switch, you know, those head spaces and stuff like that. I remember calling Lily the night before and going, shit, this has happened. How do I get into the headspace of this and stuff like that? And she was really helpful. Um, so that's an example of where mental health has affected the film industry um, with me. But um, I, over years, you know, I've gotten therapy and it's taken years to where I can, you know, confidently say that I'll never be in like the same position yeah. that I have been because I've learned so much about myself, you know, how to deal with situations. I know the inner workings of my brain inside and out. And this is not sounding like this is not me trying to sound pretentious or cocky or anything like that. But I feel like I'm more mentally aware than most people due to the fact of what I've been through and mm -hmm. the things that I learn about my, that I've learned about myself and that's helped me in spades. And it's helped me in spades when people come to me with their problems and I know what to say. Yeah. I know what to help because I've been through the worst of the worst that I can kind of guide them in the right direction. And that for me has been one of the best parts of therapy, understanding yeah. myself. So then I can try and help people um, with their stuff and you know I've gone through the stuff that I have so they don't have to mm. in a sense yeah. um, anyways this has helped massively in the film industry as well just knowing myself and I've taken a massive leap over the last year um, and you know a lot of it was when we were going through that rut as mm. well and the ending of my last relationship as well so you know I when my last relationship ended, which was about last year, start of the year, um, I took a big step back and a big look at myself and I'm like, okay, you know, we've, we've gone, this has gone on a bit too long. We need yeah. to figure out what the problems are. And throughout then up until now, like I have grown exponentially, yeah. right? In my career, my mental, you know, understanding of myself and stuff like that, I'm a totally different person. I know I, know I won't make the same mistakes as last time, in terms of uh, certain things to do with certain things that mm -hmm. affect my anxiety and stuff like that. But there was a point where, you know, I worked out one stage of my life that was a part of the anxiety, right? I worked on that and I was pretty happy. You know, sometimes you need to take yourself out of position, out of a situation to then get a full look at everything. And in terms for me, that was my relationship. Yes, so once I figured that stage out of my life, you know, we are going through this rut that we were in kind of, and then my focus in therapy was towards how do I get out of this right? You know, yeah. I had all the same kind of things that you were going through, you know, the doubts and <laughs> you're like, shit, this all seems impossible. You know, you're at the bottom of the well um, and you're looking up and there's just no, you know, nothing in sight. But yeah. at the very, if you're at the bottom of the well and you're looking up, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And I could see that I wasn't totally gone. I just needed to somehow you know, build these steps to get back up the well. And, you know, with my therapist, I was able to, you know, talk about certain things and, you know, dive delve, delve deep into yeah. what exactly I need. And the solution for me was social connection in terms of finding people that uh, in the same, that had the same passion, you know, to do with film and stuff like that. And, that was the main thing that we discovered to be the answer to everything, which is why this podcast helped me get out of that yeah, rut. Yeah, and yeah. man, oh my God, I can't even begin to explain just how little faith I had that this was going anywhere. Not the podcast, but myself in the yeah. industry. 
and I was like, shit, man. Like at the very start, I'm like, well, this is it. I'm like, fuck, I might as well just be at Channel 10 for my whole life. Yeah. Um, and that compared to where we are now is massive, oh. man. And, you know, I think, you know, anxiety kind of links to that as well. But mental health is just your total state of well-being. Yep. And in that, you know, way that we were in, like there was a solid year. I know COVID played a massive part mm, yeah, yeah. to do with that. Um, and, you know, what pushed me through especially was finding that social connection, right? That connection with somebody that you can, you know, you feed off each other's energy, which is what, you know, we do here on the podcast and mm-hmm. what 100% helped me get out of the position that um, I was in. And, you know, like to this day and where I am right now, you know, there's been a little bit of anxiety lately, not massive, like, you know, it comes and goes in your life, yeah. but nothing compared to how it was before. So when I used to have anxiety, you know, I would say a year ago, two years ago, um, it would kind of, how I explain it, it's like this fuzzball kind of just sitting in your, your chest, right? And it just doesn't go away and it affects everything. It affects your mood. You know, it would affect me where at points where I just don't want to like, you know, have any social connection with anybody. Um, you know, it affects your eating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And back in the day when I used to have this kind of like anxiety feeling, it would stick and nothing would really get rid of it. And I remember back in the day having that every single day, like wake up, bam, anxiety, go to sleep, bam, anxiety, have these terrible dreams that were linked to the anxiety every single day. And slowly over time it got better, right? Yep. Um, again, situational to do with certain decisions that I've made in certain things in my life, um, which I completely fully 100% understand now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but now when I get those points of anxiety, what's different from now compared to where I was is seeing how much shit we have going on. And I'm like, you know what? I'm able to take a step back and look, okay, this is where the anxiety is coming from. This is small because Say the anxiety is here, everything behind it. You have my film, your film, Dan's film, Fatty's film. You know, I've got all these strong connections, a good therapist, you know, like friends, family, everything like that. Um, but the one thing that's massive, overarching everything is film. Yep. Right? And I'm like, if I'm getting a little bit of anxiety, that fuzzball will go away compared to last time or it wouldn't. And what makes it go away is the thought that I have something else that I'm so passionate about in my life that kind of gives me that helping hand to get out of that well. Um, And finding that was a process in itself, which we did through this podcast, definitely got me into that position where I'm able to kind of befriend that helping hand, which was film. Because for the longest time, that helping hand wasn't there. And that was because we were so far down deep in the well and the rut that we were in mm-hmm. that we couldn't really see it. Yep. So that was my kind of journey throughout getting to where we are now, Absolutely. right? And, you know, every you're always going to have scars. You're always going to have, you know, anxiety isn't just something that goes away. Definitely not. No, <laughs> um, no, no, no. But there is ways to manage it. And, yep. you know, it's fantastic that Jonah Hill brought light to that in yeah. Stutz. It's everything and you know i still really 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 recommend therapy it's just fantastic if you in the, if you are in the position to do it you don't need to be mentally messed up right yeah but even if you are you don't think that your problems are big enough to get therapy 
is just the worst possible mindset to have because your problems are big enough for you and that's yeah. all that matters. You know, my problems, like I know so many people that have been through way harder shit than I have, but it doesn't really downplay my problems because to me, my problems seem like the biggest in the world. Yeah. So what I do, I went and reached out, got help for it. And I know some people, I've met so many people that just don't like the idea of therapy or can't bring themselves to do that. And that's fine. That's fine. Everybody has different ways to deal with stuff. But what worked for me was definitely therapy, mm -hmm. but also social connection, finding a passion that you're, you know, that is able to kind of find and give you that helping hand. Absolutely. Um, and another thing that I wanted to touch on as well is because I've had many people come to me recently, you know, friends in the film industry, people that doubt their position in the film industry, you know, this is going to be so hard. This is like, I can't, see what I'm going to do and people that just constantly are stressed that they're not where they want to be or like, you know, oh fuck, I should be, you know, on big sets right now and stuff yeah. like that. But look where me and Austin are right now. We're, we're still in the hills. Oh, I'm still in the hills district. We're still in Sydney, right? Yeah. Like we're making short films and I can 100%, I don't know about you, but assure you, I've never, other than in the right, but it was a bit different. I've never doubted my place in this industry and you know why because i don't think about where i'm going to be in the future i concentrate on what's happening right yeah. now you know in the present right now because you know that's i find that the most fascinating thing about this whole industry is we don't know where the fuck we're going to be no. we may not even make it 100%. right but who gives a fuck man at least we're giving it a go and that's the thing man i've I, I know this is a bit this is a bit of delusional optimism right but i've never ever ever had the thought in my head that i'm not going to be doing something that i love mm. in the future there is i've never pictured a future where i'm not making movies right and i don't know if that's good i don't know if that's bad but i just can't picture it. and people you know are saying that oh no i should be doing this i should be at this position in life you know just enjoy what you're doing right now and yep. it all links back to this quote what ryan johnson said do not seek out the industry, attract it. Exactly. Make, make and make and make. And the best part of this whole entire journey in the film industry is the journey itself. Because once you get to the destination, you know, you, you've, you've reached it, you've done it. And sometimes that's, that's kind of what fucks people over. They get to that point, they're like, fuck, where do we go now? Mm -hmm. And they just didn't enjoy the journey along the way, which is the whole point of character building. And that's what builds the kind of character that you are. Yep. Um, and yeah, so I say to people that are kind of, you know, feeling a certain way that, you know, people have come to me recently saying that they feel, you know, things are so out of the control, especially this is in regards to the film industry. I guess you can say it about life as well, mm. um, is literally, it's about the journey. Don't stress that, you know, your next film that you're going to make has to get into fucking Sundance, yeah. like it, uh, because I'll tell you right now, it's probably not gonna, right? You just got to make and you got to do what you love. And if you're making shit, this is again, delusional optimism. If you're making shit for somebody else, if you're making shit to, you know, develop your, no, sorry, that's not right. If you're making stuff for a certain festival, you're making stuff for the very fact that you want it to propel you in a certain way of life, you're not doing it right. You got to make stuff for you. And yep. that's, I again, by no means, I ain't a fucking professional filmmaker. Mm. This is how I think of stuff. This is my point of view, right? 
You want to make stuff for you because especially in the future when critics are coming at you, say you do make a big coming at your film or whatever, bro, that shit can eat you alive. Some might take them away from the industry altogether. But if you're making films for you and you, you're making films for your vision, you're telling the stories that you want to tell. And if you do that well enough, then that should be enough. You don't want to make it to for this particular person. You don't want to mm-hmm. make it for the critics. You want to make it to, you know, propel you further in the industry. You want to make it for you. And again, that's what I say. If you make stuff for you, right, the most personal stories are the best stories that are told. And if you're making the best stories that are told because they're personal to you, you're making stuff. And when you're making stuff, you're attracting the industry. You're not seeking it. Exactly. And that's my TED talk. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> good. Oh, I don't know which button it is. I don't want to fuck it up. But nah, we're not going to do it. I'm going to give you applause. <laughs> but it's it. Those are like great points. Like you, you need to, like I said, bet on yourself and also do stuff for you. Yeah. Because the end of the day, you come first mm. and you shouldn't prioritize anybody else's life over your own in like certain situations yeah. like but like you come first exactly all these things are scary change is scary mm. things like that are scary but at the end of the day life it, life is always there mm. life goes on and it's up to you how you shape yourself mm. in it to a degree and um yeah i just nobody else can help you unfortunately yep you got to do it yourself yeah i mean film is a collaborative process but you know what i mean (laughs) exactly right like so i i reckon like i'll just say like to anybody out there that's going through anything right now just please like lean on help please Mm. reach out it can be scary it can be daunting Mm. but if you want help and you want to get out of that rut that you're in please 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 seek out help and talk yeah. talk to people and saying that sorry i'm just gonna get yeah, right. the mental health number yes line so if any of you right it goes with the conversation like need help and need to reach out to someone the mental health hotline is one 800 and that's where it starts please but uh yeah man Great chat. Yeah, I think 100%. we now have a quick chat about the progress of this week and yeah. we'll tip it off. Austin, yeah, definitely. Go first. Uh, progress this week, like I said, I haven't been watching movies. I, I've just been trying to organise schedules with heads of department to get the ball rolling on this animation workflow. So uh-huh. I don't really have anything to report in terms of progress. That's okay. But just, yeah, just scheduling is what I'm doing at the moment. So once that's all scheduled and we get the ball rolling, like I've made little notes here and there of uh-huh. like things I want in this animation sequence, but like that's all I've got really. Just because overnight. Overnights. That's all right. <laughs> this week I need you to do all this stuff. Right. Please. We need to be strict with this shit. You need to go to sort out a rough cut edit session before the end of Jan if you can with lockdown. Yeah, I know yeah. that's really hard with his schedule and stuff. That needs to be done. Um you need to have a call with Teague to complete these storyboards hundred percent that yep. you're ready to, you know, go to the next step with them. Um we need to chase old mate. Uh, because he said he was going to search around see if there's anybody oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah we need to chase him and then we've got to figure out a date for the choreography yes absolutely okay i know there's not much longer in december but i'm going to send these to you right now january yeah sorry <laughs> there's not much left in january but i'm going to send you these things right now and just make just smash out them now that you have a couple of days off all right all right cool 
Um, was there anything else? Your progress. My progress? <laughs> That's right. So this week, what I've been doing, um, people have been sending in their self-tapes. Yes. And I'll show you some afterwards. Please. Um, it's been very, very exciting. Um, it's going to be very hard because I've got some fucking very good ones. Um, and um, I'm just really excited, to be fair. Um, fuck, there was something else that I did. Oh, yes, I've planned the crowdfunding video. Oh, you my have? Idea, and I'll tell you my idea for it, right? My, have you ever seen the 73 questions with Vogue? No. So what they do is they go into a celebrity's house and it's basically a one shot and they follow them around the house. Basically just one shot them asking questions. Yeah. Right. And they're answering things about their life and stuff like that. I want to do a play on that. Right. A one shot, one take kind of crowdfunding video. I want to go to some location, whether that's something old Victorian era, London, or even the sand dunes or something like that. Something that, provides a bit of a tonal vibe as to what uh, untitled movie the magic man uh will do and i want to do one take where i'm walking around and answering things you know i'm going to put photos up on the wall of the concept art and yep. you know people can walk past it and people can interchange with me i'll get one of the actors i'll get lexi or whatever they come in and gotcha. kind of just talk about you know the budget whilst we're walking things are happening in the background so you're not bored yeah um and it's not stable it's just consistently moving make it two minutes and that's my idea for the crowdfunding video which i'll get into in Gun. february that's fucking awesome yeah and then other than that i've been hmm, what else have i done i think that's basically it. i've been just calling the applicants like yeah. daily because there's yeah, been a lot there's like over 170 applicants um and th i think i've sent out like over 40 self-tape applica uh, applications for people to like send me back stuff yeah um and i found some really good ones i got a I got a feeling that i found the main character oh, um and i found most of the others as well but i still have about 30 to get back basically and yeah. now i'm being really strict about who actually can still get a yes you know 100 yeah um, what else have I done? I think, I think that's basically it. Cause next month while well, I'm seeing Lexi, like, you know, on Sunday and I'm going to her in the morning. So we're going to go through the whole, you know, I'm going to fill her in on everything. Cause she's now back from America. Yep. Um, we're going to rework the budget, get a final number. I'm thinking 25. Yep. Um, to 30 or whatever. Um, hopefully 25 mm -hmm. um then i'm going to go through what we're going to do in february which i'm i'm hoping to get the location recce's done the big ones are location like recce's and crowdfunding yeah um and then yeah until then i think i'll know more on sunday so i'll be able to report next week yeah 100%. on sunday yeah. um but other than that man i think that's it that's the episode that's the episode and hopefully you get cracking on those yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, yeah. We'll, well, I'm not on overnights that. anymore, so I've got. Yeah. I'm, I'm back to my prioritizing. <laughs> Perfect. Of, yeah. The That's thing is, understandable, like, man. Fucking seven days of overnights. Seven days of overnights, and like the thing is, I wake up, the day's done. People right, are at work, 100%. and then like I'm sleeping yeah, again to get energy for it. It's yeah. It makes yeah. sense. No, it's not an excuse. Oh. Yeah, it's not an excuse, but um, but yeah, it's it just excuse. a bit. A bit <laughs> it's hard. hard. Yeah. Very hard. Understandable, so, man. But yeah. hey. We, we, at least we got an outline and I can hold you to that. And, um, yeah, I'm no, no doubt that you'll get cracker. -like I'll have more to report next week. Also, I realized when I was listening to the podcast back, I asked you last week what you wanted to do on my film and I didn't really let you answer. I just went on a tangent. <laughs> I have you as producer assist, but is there anything else you would want to help out with? Well, 
Well, you know what? Just based on the um, message we've been sending and stuff like that, something I really want to get a part of and learn is camera, camera mm. department. Mm-hmm. Whether whatever job that'll be, I don't care. How about a gaff or a grip? Because you're I'd still with done. everybody. Yep. That would be amazing. Done. Done? I'm happy. Easy. Awesome. Done. There you go. <laughs> well, I think on that note. Yes. Where can the lovely people find us, Joshua? Uh, they're going to find us uh, on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, the pre-production meeting, the pre-prod pod on Insta, TikTok, um, and uh, now Google. We're a comedy podcast, yeah, according to Google. Shit. Yeah, fully official Mom, now. We made it. Um, but yeah, Austin, what are we going to do with this podcast? We're going to tie a little bow on this episode. We are, and uh, we're going to sign out from the one and only pre-production yeah. podcast on YouTube, everywhere. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Peace out.